0: I've been walking a chain breaker. We've all searched for the life of in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run the things we know that just ain't right. There's a better life. There's a better life. He's a paytaker. If you feel lost. He's a way maker. You need freedom. save Saving. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains. He's a chain breaker. You believe. Bye.
1: Morning, Paragon. Isn't it glorious when I can actually find the key when I start the song? Man, that was a train wreck. Anyway, we want to welcome you guys this morning. It's good to see you all here. Uh, A few announcements this morning. Um, If you want to grab a bulletin, we have them on either side of the sanctuary here. Let's see, I have a cheat sheet. Uh, Let's see, senior luncheon was last Thursday, so I'm going to get the new announcements let's see here um kids will be returning to the beginning of services and then they will dismiss to their children's classes starting next week as you can see as well this week is a family service because people were sick but next week and going forward it will be kids at the beginning and we will have a family style worship gathering and then they will dismiss to their children's classes uh let's see what else do we have here oh also miss helen would probably be very happy if i said we are still in need of children's volunteers Uh, i know for me teaching and working with kids can be kind of crazy but it is something that is rewarding and it will add a lot to your life and you know try it give it a try and and if anyone is interested please talk to helen williams right here right next to keith he's a little bit more easily visible the last yeah there she goes she's waving Okay. If it, hopefully, everyone heard that. Um, so, and then lastly, I'm going to ask Katie Carroll to come up. She's going to give us a little information on a women's connection group that is starting, and it's easier for her just to say instead of me trying to tell you. So.
2: Yeah. Good morning, guys. Good morning. So I'm going to actually just let God's Word tell us about it instead of me because I feel like it's better. Uh, Colossians 1:15 through 17. He is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth the visible and the invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and for him he is before all things and by him all things hold together we are starting ladies bible study Um, I am teaching one of them on Monday evenings beginning on February 7th, and then Jenny Gutierrez is going to teach on Tuesday mornings beginning on the 8th. I believe both of them are here in the building. You might have to check with Jenny if you want to attend hers. The good news is because we are doing a night and a morning, you don't have an excuse not to show up. So I'm just going to throw that out there. This is our opportunity to connect as women. The study is called Jesus Over Everything and it is convicting and a lot of fun um i went through it personally myself last year and loved every second of it so i hope that you'll join us i hope that you'll join me that you'll join jenny if you want to come to both i'm sure jesus will speak to you through both so i'm gonna let him convict you on that um and go from there love you guys
1: well thank you katie all right so we're going to continue with worship this morning with a house of the lord if you wouldn't mind singing with us
0: We're running. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. There is joy in this house. There is joy in this house today. We shout out your praise.
3: We shout out your praise.
0: I'm a dream.
1: there's so many times in our lives lord we seem to forget that lord lord i pray today that all the glory and all the honor is given to you lord word is truly deserved lord i pray that this morning as pastor bruce comes up and gives your word, lord that you speak through him lord that lives are changed today so that we may go out and change the world it's in your name we pray amen
4: Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? We're continuing in our journey through the book of Revelation. We're looking in Revelation chapter 2 at the church of Smyrna. As Matt has talked in the past, there's this pattern that emerges from the text. This pattern of this in, in introduction from an angel to a church, some bold declaration about Christ, some commendation or correction, and then a call or charge. As we begin this morning, let us begin with the text in Revelation chapter two, starting in verse eight and moving through verse 11. Four simple verses. And from these verses, I've been guaranteed at least two hours to discuss this. I'm just... No, we will make our way through this, and hopefully the Lord will bless us with His Word. For those of you who are here, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible on the screen. We will have the Christian Standard Bible, and I do this intentionally, because as A person who's been in ministry for a while, several times people have asked me, what is the best translation to read from the Bible? And my answer is always the same. Whichever one you will read. Translations are amazing things. But let's not get hung up on which translation is the best, the NASB. So beginning in verse 8 This is the word of the Lord And the angel of the church of Smyrna write The first and the last who was dead and has come to life says this I know your tribulation and your poverty but you are rich And the blasphemy by those who say they are Jews and are not but are a synagogue of Satan Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison so that you will be tested and you will have tribulation for ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, who, he who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. For those of you who are traditional Southern Baptists, I have the alliteration that Matt had last week for you. It's the C's. I have removed a couple because they don't apply to this church. There is no correction this is one of two churches very lucky to preach this one it's all good news there's no correction but there is a challenge the church obviously is the church of smyrna and i've broken this down into three specific pieces for us to digest this morning the first point for you today is christ is greater Let's look in verse 8 and let's figure out what the text is telling us this morning. It says, And the angel of the church in Smyrna write, The first and the last who was dead and has come to life says this. Matt has alluded to this and directly said this a couple of times as we've begun this passage or begun this study of Revelation. It is all about Jesus. But let's build an actual textual argument from this passage That who we're talking about is in fact Jesus These two phrases seem almost disconnected The first and the last Who was dead and is alive But if we look back at chapter 1 verse 8 We see I am the Alpha and the Omega Says the Lord God that phrase, first and last, in the original language Could just as easily have been translated as First, last, alpha, omega, beginning, and end What we see here in this one phrase Is the declaration that Jesus Christ is preexistent That he was here before the dawn of time and he will be here long after the end of it He is The Lord But you also see in connection with eight That's talking about God the Father And here we are turning to the sables and saying It's Jesus Christ But we can see in the Bible that it says To see the Son Is to see the Father So we know that this declaration, this revelation of Jesus Christ, the first and the last, is talking about Christ. And we can see that he is the pre existent Lord. But then it goes one step further and it says, Who was dead and is alive. So we're talking about first and last And now we're talking about death and resurrection And quite simply This is a bold declaration Of the resurrection of Jesus Christ If Paul were writing this letter He would in a sense Requote 1 Corinthians 15 For I have delivered to you That which is of first importance Primary Paragon if you will Christ died according to the scriptures, was buried, and was raised according to the scriptures. This is a declaration of Christ's victory over sin and death, over the grave. We see that Christ is greater. From beginning to end, he is greater. From death to life, he is greater. We can see that in this passage, Christ is sovereign over history. And he demonstrated this through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. There is no one greater. And this message is especially pertinent to the church at Smyrna because of the words that proceed. Because of Christ's greatness, we have hope. We have hope. What does it say in verse 9? I know your tribulation and the poverty. Look, let me me back up for just a second and tell you a little something about the city of Smyrna. Smyrna. Smyrna was a port city And it was fortified in such a way that it was kind of in this ingress of ocean So it was surrounded by land on three parts, but had ocean access This made it an amazing city of trade and commerce Historians agree and archaeologists agree that it was one of the most beautiful cities It was nicknamed the Jewel of Asia It was so beautiful, so lavish But it was also very patriotic See, in the Roman Empire, the city of Smyrna had never lost a conflict Since Rome became the ruling reign There was no conflict that Smyrna did not overcome It was a well-fortified, well-defensible city So there was pride in that. And from that came a lot of worship of Caesar because they thought he was God, one of the gods. And we can see that is something that is attacking them today as a church. The city was affluent, the city was wealthy. The church was poor. The church was struggling. The church was suffering. But Jesus says they were rich. They were rich because they'd held fast to the thing that made them rich. The first and the last. The one who was dead but is alive. So in this text, we can see that there is a great deal of suffering, and the hope that they have is in Jesus. But then he says, And the blasphemy by those they are against, that they say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. This is a very peculiar phrasing. You don't find it very often in the New Testament. But what we can identify with this, historically, is that the Jews had garnered favor with the Empire of Rome. They were given certain luxuries within their worship. They were the one religion of the time that was allowed to worship apart from Roman culture. And here there is this, the way, these upstarts, these pretenders who hold to some lofty idea of a Messiah having come. And now they're disrupting the status quo. Now we find in this This history of this small little town An an anger brewing I think partly and I speculate that partly the jews were upset because they were going to lose their privilege They were going to lose their businesses They were going to become the persecuted Just prior to this this guy named Nero Nero sure you've heard of him emperor of rome persecuted the churches but he persecuted them specifically in jerusalem and rome and then a new guy steps on the scene a guy by the name of domitian and we like to talk about and hear about how nasty and horrible nero was because he was but domitian was 10 times worse He took the persecution from an isolated couple of incidents in Jerusalem and Rome and thrust them throughout the entire empire. And I think the Jews were scared that their connection to Christianity, to this, the way, was going to cause them to suffer in a way that they were not willing to do. They wanted no part of it so not only were christians getting persecuted by the roman empire now they were being persecuted by jews themselves so john writes those who say they are jews and are not that reference leads us to romans when paul writes that not all of the house of israel are of israel and not all that are jew are jew because to be a jew meant you abided by the law And the greatest of these laws, according to Jesus, was to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor. And what we find in this culture and context is they had broken both of those laws. Historically, we can see that the Jews that were in Smyrna had actually succumbed to Caesar worship. They had compromised their faith in God and they no longer had a solid faith in God. What they had was a political ideology and that was it. They rejected the Messiah, the idea, the notion of Jesus. They rejected the tradition of the Torah and they embraced Hellenism of the day. Sound familiar? But then he says this in verse 10, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison so that you will be tested and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. John is writing in this, he's translating or transcribing for the Spirit And you thought the previous message was bad. And now he takes it one step further. Not only are you going to be persecuted and be poor and be suffering these tribulations in this life, now you're going to die. You're going to be thrown in prison. You're going to suffer at a level you have not suffered before. And before we get too caught up on some of the verbiage like, What does 10 days mean? And what does synagogue of Satan mean? We need to remember that this is a message for a church that understood what those things meant specifically. And historically, we can see the persecution did occur very quickly in the church of Smyrna. And death did follow. John, the author of this book, had a disciple by the name of Polycarp. When John died Polycarp became the bishop of Smyrna And he lived A long and happy life In the lap of luxury Or he was martyred for the faith He's one of the most famous Martyrs of Asia And the churches that we have Actual documented records of We're not 100% sure how all of the disciples died, but we know definitively how Polycarp died. And since there are children that are present this morning, I will refrain from the details. But if you want to know, ask me or Google. They're great. So we see in this passage that there's a suffering, there's a testing, and then John doubles down and says, now there's going to be death. But did you see the commands Did you see the call to respond? Point number one, do not be afraid. We could sit here and worry and fret over what's going to occur and happen in our lives today. Or we can look to the one who holds everything. Remember we've established that Christ is sovereign over history and therefore we can look to him with confidence knowing that he has it all. But then he also says do not oh sorry do not be afraid but also be faithful. There is a, char- a challenge and a charge for us to remain steadfast and faithful in the midst of this. And here's the ultimate hope there's an interesting phrase that's used at the beginning of this section of the passage, and it's used with every church. I know. Christ is declaring to them this idea and understanding of I know. And it's not a knowledge of just knowledge's sake. It's not, I know a bunch of different facts about uh, Chuck Norris. It's not, I know a bunch of different facts about my favorite sports team. It's not that I know a bunch of different interesting facts about Star Wars. Boba Fett. It's not that I have this knowledge. It's deeper than that. The word that's used there in the original language is about an intimacy of knowledge and we can see this throughout all of scripture there's an intimate knowledge that god has with his people from the old testament to the new we see this intimacy of our lord beginning in genesis moving through revelation one of my favorite stories in Genesis, and this is kind of a sidetrack, but I'm going to do it anyway. One of my favorite stories in Genesis is about Leah, Rebecca, and Jacob. And in Genesis 29, you have this one phrase. has nothing to do with the story, but it stands out like a lightning bolt in the middle of a field. It says, God saw That Leah was unloved he saw her Jacob didn't want her he was tricked into marrying her can you imagine the animosity and hatred towards her he might have felt he was duped bamboozled hoodwinked but God saw her in her suffering and what did he do blessed her with children. Now, before we get too uh, caught up in our current context, how is that a blessing, right? We have to remember that in in Jacob's time, the ultimate blessing culturally in that time was children. And I, I can say that I think that's the same thing today. We've just lost sight of that. But I love Pastor Matt's tattoo of the quiver with the arrows, because his quiver is full. There is so much blessing and joy in children, and that's exactly what he saw. God saw her loneliness and gave her what her heart most desired. But it's not just there that we find it, we find it in the New Testament too. We find passages that talk about God knowing and seeing and understanding. Too many to count. And for time, I'm going to skip even talking about the rest of them, but just know, if you want to know, it's easy to find them. God is there. Jesus said, I know, over and over and over, and the truth still remains. A further demonstration of his sovereignty over history and his connection with his people John 5 says whom the father has given me I will not lose if that doesn't give you confidence today in Christ I don't know what will but then there's one more word I want to draw your attention to if you haven't figured it out I'm a word nerd I love the text I've told my students this on Tuesday night And I'll tell them probably over and over Until they get sick of hearing it, sorry Words Mean things And words When you combine them together and make sentences And when those sentences are combined together They make paragraphs And when those paragraphs are combined together You get an idea And we always want to capture the idea Before we grab the words and the idea here is that Christ is greater, and the word we have here is behold. And I draw your attention to this because we do a terrible job of translating it in the English. A better translation, if I may dare, would be an emphatic lookout Keep your eyes open. Don't lose focus. See what is about to happen. There is an urgency in this word that we lose in our translation to English, but there is an urgency nonetheless. Behold. Behold. The devil is about to cast some of you in prison. He gives you this terrible news And then he drives it home again. But be faithful. The contrast of those is amazing to me. I think it's important for us to recognize that this morning. But not only do we see that Christ is greater, and because Christ is greater, we have hope, because Christ is greater, we have a promise. What does he say in verse 11 he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches he who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death as i was studying this verse it's a very complicated verse because there's not a whole lot there and how do i break this down And as I was reading different commentaries And as I was praying about it And reading the passage itself It struck me When he says He who has an ear Let him hear He's not only talking about What he's about to say But about what he has already said Hear me church Christ Is greater Hear me friend Because Christ is greater, we can have hope. Hear me, my friend. Because Christ is greater, we have a promise. There are definitive promises that are in this passage. Tighten your belt, because here we go. In this world, you will have suffering. But take heart. Christ has overcome the world. There's this idea and notion of blessing of the promise, the promise being Christ, that doesn't necessitate a good and happy life. It doesn't mean that things are going to be okie dokie for all the times. It means that in the midst of every circumstance Whether it's good or bad Christ is greater What if you get that promotion at work? Christ is still greater What if you win the lotto? And tithe Christ is still greater What if you wake up to a phone call that your little brother just committed suicide. And you just seen him 2 days earlier and everything seemed fine. Christ is greater. What if you get a phone call that your youngest child has somehow gotten a random bug bite that is turned septic, and he may not make it. Christ is greater. What if you were in a relationship where there's not love like Leah? Christ is greater. What if you show up to church one day and someone sitting in your seat... Christ is greater. I'm trying to demonstrate the gamut of emotions that we may feel in this day-to-day life because I want to articulate one thing. If you remember nothing else that I say this morning, remember this. Christ is greater. I know that pain is very personal. What you are going through, I may not understand, but I understand one thing. It is very intimate and personal to you. And I tell you, declaratively, as the word of God proclaims this morning, Christ is greater. Look to Christ. Before my friends call me out as being a pod person, I want to quote to you my favorite theologian, Charles Spurgeon. There isn't a time when I don't quote Charles Spurgeon, so just beware. And the reason why I quote Charles Spurgeon is because, yeah, he was brilliant. But if you read his biography, man, I do relate to that so much. And so I have, I have a man crush on Charles Spurgeon. I pray that I can honor uh, his legacy and imitate him as he imitated Christ but here's what he said pertaining to our faithfulness Christ is greater and so we can be faithful because he first was faithful to us here's what he said another thought should restrain you from sin Christians can never sin cheaply they put a heavy price on their iniquity. Transgression destroys peace of mind, obscures fellowship with Jesus, hinders prayer, and breaks darkness over the soul. Therefore, be not a bondman to sin. In and of ourselves, we are prone to selfishness and faithlessness, myself included, But we can overcome because Christ overcame. Christ overcame that we might live. Because of Christ's sacrifice, we can have the confidence to boldly approach the throne of God in mercy, knowing that day in and day out, I am the chief of sinners. And I will fight Paul on that stand. I know myself. I know the wretchedness of my own heart. But Christ is greater. I pray today that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are a brother and sister in the faith, take heart. Take heart today. No matter what circumstance that surrounds you in this moment, Christ is greater. Look to Christ In the good and the bad, look to Christ. In the joy and the sorrow, look to Christ. Know that Christ is there with you in the midst of all of it. And not only is he with you in the midst of all of it, there is nothing that surprises him that comes up. Not even his death, his burial, and his resurrection. The thing that we stand upon in greatest confidence of who Jesus is. None of it surprised him. And, friend, if you are here today and you are unsure of where you stand in relationship to a living God, the truth is there's no greater message than I can tell you than Christ is greater. We are made in the image of God. We are a reflection of the holiness of God But because of our own sin and selfish desires We have separated ourselves from a loving God And because Christ is greater He came in the form of a baby I love that Came in the form of a baby And he lived that sinless life that we could not live And then he paid that price that we could not pay And all the Bible asks us to do is to acknowledge what He did and believe that He is the Son of God. It's not asking us to clean up our lives, it's not asking us to uh, be a better person before we can come to Jesus. Jesus went to sinners, Jesus comes to sinners. But because of his love for us, he doesn't want us to stay there. And I promise you this, faith in Jesus Christ will leave you changed in a very good way. The more I recognize Jesus' love for me, the more I have the confidence and comfort knowing that even in my most vile of mess-ups, Christ has me. And you can have that confidence too. Let today be the day of your salvation. Put faith and trust in Jesus Christ through repentance today. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not even guaranteed the rest of this day. Don't wait. Father God, I come before you and I thank you for an opportunity to preach your word. Lord, I pray as we move from this place that we remember and live in that confidence that Christ is greater. Of all the things that could occur in our lives, you are greater. For my brothers and sisters here today, Lord, I pray they can walk in confidence and rest in you. Help them to see that you are everything. From you, all things come. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here who's hearing these words, who has not put faith and trust in you, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move on their heart and draw them to you. Let them know their need is greater than they could ever know. And you are the only solution. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
0: For I spoke a We'll yeah. yeah.
1: loves us so much that he would do anything to be there with us i love the message this morning I think bruce did a great job i love that the mantra of christ is greater so i have one more statement when your worship leader cannot start a song in key christ is greater i don't know why you're laughing that's not anything in particular that happened today i don't know anyway i want to thank you all for coming today it's it was great having you all here having all the kids in here I could hear you singing back. It was glorious. We look forward to seeing you next week. Pastor Matt will be back. Have a great week.